The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. Philippians chapter three. Philippians chapter three. Philippians is a is a is a happy book. Philippians is a happy book. The church of Philippi was a, a church of rejoicing. If you read, if you look through the book of Philippians, the, mo- the overall theme of it is rejoicing. It was one of Paul's blessing churches. He had his, he had churches that he managed were not blessings. Uh, you know, a lot of the churches in Galatia were heartbreak to him, and some other church. But this church of it in in. Uh, Philippi was uh, was a blessing to him. It was a generous group of people. It was a, it was a happy group of people that love God. And uh, t- this morning I talked to you about uh, and it was just this just the way God led this thing. But and so God, you know, and I didn't even think about these two putting them together till later on this afternoon. And this morning I talked to you about uh, where's the pineapple about understanding uh, where you're at and what God's blessings are, and don't murmur like the children of Israel did. In the midst of all that good stuff, all they could see was a few bad things. And boy, don't we have a tendency. So a lot of people went out, as I shook hands, as people go out and try to meet them as they go. And they said, boy, we really have a tendency to be that way, don't we? We do. We do. Naturally, without Christ, we ain't fit to live with. That's just the truth. We're not fit to live with. And there are no such thing as good people. Jesus said there's none good but one. That's God. And so the only part of good you are is, is how much you let God control you. If you let God control you, that's the percentage of good you are. If you don't let God control you, you go well, you go really to bad. We're actually vicious. It's amazing that, that the miracle of being born again is that a group of people can work together without just killing each other through envy and pride and strife and the works of the flesh, wisdom which is not from above but below, according to James. And so... That's as, as Christians, we grow and we get better. This sermon, this sermon I preached before. By the way, I preached this sermon before. Uh, I preached this September 25th, 2001. So you winter folks for sure were not here. If you were here, I didn't know it. But it's uh, been a long time, been 14 years now, just about 14 years before I preach this. And it's time to do it again. God moved me to, and I will. Philippians chapter 3, verse 2 says, Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision who, which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice, and that's the theme of the book, in Christ Jesus and have no, no confidence 
in the flesh. Father, we pray tonight that you'd speak where I cannot. And Father, first and foremost, speak to me. God have mercy at times in my life when I have been guilty of the things that the Holy Spirit warned Paul of. Help me not to be, help me to have the fullness of the Spirit of God, have no confidence in the flesh, not to walk in the flesh, not to fulfill its laws, not, not to fulfill that evil part of it that we all have. Father, help us. In Jesus' name, amen. I did a study from one end of the Bible to the other uh, in 2001 when I prepared this uh, the first time. I have gone back over this, of course, and this message probably won't even be too close to the the first one other than the main thesis. But uh, I want to give a preamble tonight to all dog owners. How many here own dogs? Please raise your hand. Uh, You probably are going to fight bitterness before this is all over. Um, I want to give you a pre-warning on that. I want to get. I want to. I want to say that this sermon may shock and dismay you. I think you need to have hearer discretion advised, all you dog owners. Uh, but if you've been reading your Bible through each year, you will have to agree with the conclusions and some of the statements I made because they're just simply biblical statements. Uh, the world says dogs man's best friend. That's a sad case of affairs. If your life has settled down to where a dog is your best friend. That's just a sad case of affairs. Uh, Because it should be, wives, it should be your husbands. And husbands, it should be your wife. Or or your mom and dad. Or or a human being. But dogs, according to the Bible, are not man's best friend. General references uh, in Deuteronomy, you don't have to turn here, but let me give you a couple. Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 18, a little Bible study here. It says, Thou shalt not bring the hire of a whore or the price of a dog into the house of the Lord. Dogs are not spoken as a complimentary term. In other words, the word dog in the Bible, I'm trying to prove some here, is not a complimentary term according to God. Yes, he made them. But uh, the price of a whore, the, the hire of a whore or the price of a dog can, would not be allowed into the house of God. Mephibosheth, when he was referring to himself in 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 8, said, He bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou should look upon such a dead dog as I am? Humbling himself as much as he possibly could verbally, he called himself a dog. In Haziel's humble opinion of himself in 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 13, he said, Haziel said, but what is thy servant, a dog, that he should do this great thing? And Elisha answered and said, the Lord has showed me that thou shalt be king over Syria. Discrediting an uncomplimentary reference to people that stood around Jesus at the cross, at the crucifixion, is found in Psalm chapter 22, verse 16, where it says, for dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. And that was written about a thousand years before it actually happened. Imagine that. But that was negative, I'm no doubt. A negative reference to fools. In Proverbs chapter 26, 11, it says, um, As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. I hate to say I've seen that actually happen. And I, when I saw it happen for the first time, I lost respect for that dog heavily. I don't know. First time, how many 
Pierce have seen that actually happen. Dog returned to his. It's, it's the grossest thing in the world. And when I saw that, and I, I, I thought he'd been licking my ice cream cone. <laughs> and then I watched the dog a little further. And when I saw what he was doing, I thought, man, I, I, I get a kick out of these people who they greet their dog by going, you know, licking their face and face and lips and everything. I'm thinking, did you ever watch what that dog did with his tongue? You wouldn't let your husband do that. You say, man, your breast bad. <laughs> I told, I gave you the warning up front. But it makes it clear that a dog is not complimentary as I study the Bible. Dogs are thought of as the lowest form of animal life. The least, uh, and, and used at the least as a serious insult if you called somebody a dog. Okay, let's, let's do that. We got that. We got that settled there biblically. Paul, you need to know that. Because Paul makes an unusual reference here to some people, or to the people at the church of Philippi, to beware of certain people that may come by and visit them. He says, beware of dogs and evil workers and concision. I looked the word concision up. It means to cut down. We use the word to cut down. Years ago, I was playing a little basketball when I could with some teenagers. And they were, through this little basketball, one-on-one, whatever they call it, you know, two-on-one, we were playing. These kids were constantly cutting each other down. That's the word concision. It means to cut down. The two Greek words, cut down. And they were, it was vicious. They were, these were two saved young people, and they were whacking each other verbally. Now, when I was a kid, I was raised in a different generation, no doubt. We actually believed in respecting people, not only our mom and dad, but each other. The reason I got in so many fights in sixth grade to where they eventually skipped me in seventh to, or sixth to eighth grade was because these kids, a few of these kids at our school, would come and insult me. And, and then when they insulted me, I just popped them. I didn't tell them I was going to. As soon as they insulted me, I just whacked them in the jaw. And, and, and you know what happens? Pretty soon, nobody insults you anymore. But the point being, we just didn't put up with people cutting us down. That was just something you didn't do. You didn't attack people verbally. Or you got in a fight. Everybody knew the rule. You don't tag people for, if you would have called somebody a dog, it was a fist fight, flat out, straight up. You call some, you say something bad about somebody's mother, it was a fist fight. You say something bad about somebody's family, it was a fist fight. We settle our stuff right on the playground. I'm not saying it was nice, I'm not saying it was good, but what I'm saying is, there was a reaction to the, to the, these two kids played like nothing, and they were just whacking each other with verbiage that I would have been in a fight long earlier. So I stopped him. I said, boys, what are you doing? You're like saying, oh, we don't mean that. Well, the Bible says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. 
Now, you can sit there and say, you don't mean it all you want. You're just playing. But the Bible is a better authority than what you are. And the Bible says that when you say something out of your mouth, you mean it. Now, I understand you can say, I'm kidding ahead of time. And you can joke and do a little bit of judgment. But ultimately, when you're doing that kind of stuff where it's cruel and it's hurting and cut, cutting or concision here. That's what he's talking about. So he's putting these group, the dogs, evil workers, and concision in one group. He's putting them in a group there. It is, it is this phrase I want to meditate on for a few minutes. This phrase, beware of dogs, in the context of where it is. Imagine with me that you go down and buy a beautiful puppy. Name a dog you like. You buy the, one of the most beautiful kinds of dogs. Some people like this, some people like that. But you go down and buy a dog you like. Uh, it may be a golden retriever. It could be a, a German shepherd. It could be a, a, those miniature black poodles. It, it could be a, a, a boxer. It could be all kinds of different. By the way, they all come from one dog. Pretty amazing on that. But uh, let's say you go down and buy a pup. And you, and you know i got to admit to you, puppies are cute. My favorite dog are... Puppy beagles. That's my favorite dog. My favorite dog is a puppy beagle. Now, my wife likes puppy basset hounds as her favorite. She likes pu puppy basset hounds, and I got to admit, it's close call on that because the ears of the puppy basset hound being a little bit longer and him tripping on them and falling on them, that is pretty neat to watch that, you know? And, and, and you know, they're cute. Both of those dogs are cute, really. Um, and so just imagine going down there, the, the puppy's playful, he's cute, he's soft, he's generally sweet. And, and you know, in just a short six months, depending on what kind of dog it is, a dog, let's say, grows up in our imaginary dog here, he grows up to about 40 pounds. Time goes by, he settles down as a nice pet, pretty nice watchdog, lets people let you know. Uh, many, many hours you've had of enjoyment with this dog, and, and you've had some fun, and, and, you know, they go throw a stick, you go pick it up. Meantime, you have a couple children. Uh, you bought the dog. You already, he already, you actually already had a couple children. You had a six-year-old and a ten-year-old. You bought the dog. The dog's now a couple years old, and you think everything's wonderful. Um, but something awful happened when the dog was a couple years old. Your six-year-old was playing with Rover, as we call him, and uh, all of a sudden, maybe it was something the six-year-old uh, did. Maybe he. Uh, got over the top of his head. You know, sometimes they say dogs don't, that's a dominance thing with dogs. And, and you know, maybe something, maybe pulled his ear or hurt him or something, but the dog viciously attacked your six-year-old. Now, you weren't nearby, but you heard the screams. But by the time you got there, the face of this six-year-old was about ripped off. Now, I'm describing something that I've actually seen, and not seen, visually seen, but known to happen at least a half a dozen times. Since I've grown up, I've heard of three or four children killed by their pet dogs. Now, I've hunted with dogs. I hunted hogs for quite a time with dogs. I can tell you this. You don't want to be a victim of a dog attack because dogs don't have real sharp teeth. What they do is they grab and pull, grab and pull, grab and pull. And so they grab, and I've seen them take a hog, which is a tough animal, and rip his skin off while he's alive, still screaming. And that happens with children or people that get dog attacked. And imagine that dog of yours, Rover, as sweet as it was, for whatever reason, inflicting the terrible wounds on your child. 
You rush the child emergency, 911, get emergency there, you rush them in. The child, because of the wounds of the faces, is irreparable, can't be fixed. Her one eye, in fact, I just saw this actual girl I'm thinking of on TV, lost her one eye because of a dog attack. And they showed these pictures. How many have seen that on TV? The girl recently, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Just pitiful, pitiful. That girl was perfectly in beautiful God-given shape till that happened. And so you imagine that that dog had, had wounded that child to the place where, the, you know, there was surgery after surgery and skin transplant and never get her eye back, that's gone, and, and, and never really be right. And, 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 and this will go with her however long she lives in this life, this one-time event. How would you behave and how would your attitude change towards Rover from that day on? Would you ever be able to trust that dog around your other kid or your six-year-old again? Oh, would you even be able to turn your back on Rover? Wouldn't you have always in the back of your mind a tinge of uneasiness when the dog came up to lick your hand or approach you? Would you take Rover and chain him? You wouldn't now because they changed the law where you can't chain a dog in Lee County. How do you like that? I never thought I would live to see this. I suppose with gay marriage, it's, it's the whole thing's shot. They won't let you chain your own dog. That's why we kept all our dogs. And I know a lot of you did too. Don't play like you're innocent. But anyway, they won't let you chain dogs. So you couldn't chain dogs. You, you couldn't. But maybe you would you get an electric fence or would you get a fence put up and spend you know thousands of dollars to make sure your dog now uh, could get or or really would you have that dog put to sleep? I think under the law, under attack like that, they probably would take the dog from you and put the dog to sleep. You possibly maybe would say, well, I'm not going to put him to sleep. If we get to keep him, we'll have to put a muzzle on him when he's around the kids. I can't trust the dog around the kids. But the point being in all this, and I'm trying to get through the darkness to you, you would never be able to trust that dog again. No matter how much you forgave, no matter how much you wanted it to go away, you surely would never forget that it happened. You surely never would be able to go to that dog the same as you used to go to that dog. Right? I believe that's what Paul's trying to teach us here in Philippians chapter 3, verse 2. Beware of dogs. He wasn't talking just about nice dogs or dogs that just barked at you, but he was talking about dogs that hurt you. But he wasn't talking about dogs, was he? He was talking about people. I have a book at my house written by a pastor, and it's the title of it is Dogs I Have Known. Anybody know about that book? Dogs I Have Known. What he did is he took all the members of his church. This is what happens when a preacher goes over the cliff. He took all the members of his church, and you know how you know how people sometimes look like particular kinds of dogs? They take the character. The actual dog maybe takes the characteristic of the people. I don't know which way you want to put it, but, you know, a bulldog will be a guy. I mean, a French poodle, you know. 
And, and he took every one of his members, and he took a class of every, and he said, this particular member acts like this dog, and this particular member acts like this dog. And he wrote like a 200-page book on this thing. But he's talking about people. Beware of dogs. He's not talking about bow wow. He's talking about people who act like vicious dogs that bite. Beware. I believe what he's saying is beware of dogs that bite. Beware of people that bite. To the churches in Galatia in chapter 5 and verse 15, he says this. But if you bite, and that's that analogy right there, because, you know, truthfully, I haven't had very many people actually bite me physically. Have you? I mean, in our nursery, we have that problem. Once in a while, we get a biter in the nursery, you know? I say the way you do that, you just pull their teeth. But anyway, But I mean, once in a while, we get kids that bite. Now, we can't live with a kid that bites. When that kid bites the first person in the nursery, that kid's out of the nursery until we can be assured that they will not bite another child because they, they say, that's serious, really. What's more than you think? But people actually bite one another. He's saying here, he says, but if you bite and devour one another, that's Galatians 5.15, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. What the devil loves to do with a group of people is to get them to where they begin to be mean to each other. And they begin to, like those two kids playing basketball, cut each other down a little. Take the flaws that they see in the people and begin to verbalize them. And you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me is a lie. Sticks and stones you get over. The words are pretty hard to get over because they go deep. goes to the Spirit. And what we don't want to be, as Paul exhorts the, ch the church, the people at the church of Philippi, is don't be, when he says beware dogs, he's saying don't be one. Don't be a person that, hurts people, especially what's, what's wild is uh, uh, unexpectedly. If you know a dog bites, you are okay. The problem is when you don't know a dog bites. I go door to door, man. I, I go door to door, and I, I don't know if any of these dogs bite, but I appreciate the guy who says, beware of dog. I appreciate that. That way I don't go into the yard you know, and dare. The, I saw a dog one time going door to door that hid behind a bush waiting for me to come up to the door. He was eyeballing me. And he, and he ran, and you know, if you go, he ran, wanted to bite me, man. That wanted to bite me. But there are people like that. We've had numbers of them here at the gospel. We've had numbers of them come in the gospel that want to bite us. They want to devour us. And if, they, if you allow that to continue, he says, it will consume us. I've never seen a church split. I've, I've been in the midst of three church splits in my life. Not here. But I've been in the midst of three church splits in my life just as a member. As a young member, actually. And what I witnessed was this happening right here. People would get up and they would, 
say something mean about a person and that person would shoot back something mean and that person then would shoot back something mean. Or they would have group that this group, this group over here didn't like this group over here and this group wouldn't sit with this group and this group wouldn't talk to this group. And they were like dogs that bite. It was mean. It was terrible. <clears throat> Wayne Kelly years ago came here and he had a bunch of dogs. He had hog dogs. I actually happen to like hog dogs pretty well. Hog dog is a junkyard dog. It's a, uh, the best hog dog is a combination of many different kinds of dogs. Purebreds do not make too good of hog dogs except for pit bulls. They use pit bulls specifically because a pit bull will never release once he grabs a hold of something. But um, pit bulls also are not real trustworthy when they get in a frenzy. And so... They try to mix them with some other breeds to calm them down a little bit. But I remember he had a dog named Nadine. I don't know if you know Nadine or not. Nadine. Now, Nadine was a pretty nice dog. But we went out one time, and, and we caught a hog. Nadine would catch a hog by the ears, and the hog was too stupid to go forward. They pull back, and, of course, then that's a stalemate. You run up there because you can hear the dog screaming, or you hear the, the hog screaming. And so you can run up there. And then you can get behind the hog, because the dog's got the ears, right? And you take the hog by the back legs, flip it, jump on it, hog tie it, and then you beat the dog off of it. You actually have to beat the dog off of it. And you beat the dog off of it, then you decide whether you want to castrate it, let it go, you want to kill it, you want, you want to just let it go, what do you want to do with it? And so that's what they call fun. <laughs> it's dirty, it's nasty, it's sweaty. And it's exhilarating. And uh, I'll never forget one time we caught this big old bar hog, and that was a hog that had been precastrated, but it had old big old tushes, big old, big them big old teeth. And and I remember they 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 uh, they got somehow they got that dog. I, I, they got that hog, and they had him tied up. And I and um, I was the first time I've ever been hunting with him, and and. I wasn't used to these dogs, by the way. I mean, these are like really some, but, you know, the dogs are going around, they're growling, and they're making a lot of noise, a lot of growling and pig screaming. And they, the guy beats the dogs off. He carries a couple of them back to the truck, puts them into the truck, and gets these dogs put away. And I'm sitting there, and this, this boy's like that Durden. You know, he's a serious hillbilly. And he says, if I was you, I'd be trying to go to the truck. I'm standing there going, Let's begin to sink in as he releases the feet of that hog. And then he takes off. I take That hog chases me. I jump up on the truck, and he bites the bumper. That's how serious that hog was. He's biting the bumper trying to get me. Man, oh, man, I mean, that's crazy. Now, what did I say that for? Because you were getting a little sleepy. But Nadine, going back to Nadine, Nadine had a hog. We had a hog tied up. So I was trying to, uh, I think I was going to, uh, I think we were going to kill the, the hog. I can't remember what we were going to do with it. But uh, we were down there in a hog. And he says, I got to go get something with the truck. And so he, uh, Wayne takes off, goes back to the truck. So I'm, I'm there with Nadine, the hog, and me. And so I go, to, I go to grab the hog. And Nadine's mouth goes on my hand. And she clamps down, but not too hard, not enough to break the skin. I think I said, Nadine, Nadine. She keeps a hold of mine. Finally, old Wayne comes up. 
he goes and cuts a stick off of a tree and starts, commences to whipping her. And he said, don't you bite him, don't you bite him, because what Nadine was going to do was fixing the bite. What Nadine was telling me, if you touch that hog, I'm going to bite you. Because he said, well, that was her hog, and you don't get to touch it. I get to touch it, but you don't get to touch it. That's, that's exactly what was going on there. And I said, oh, I didn't know that. But, you know, I never quite treated Nadine the same after that. When people begin to bite each other, from the first, let me say this, you don't have a whole lot of chances in this area. When you bite somebody, it makes sense that they're never going to quite be as comfortable with you as they were before they ever were bitten. Make sense? In other words, if a dog bites me, viciously bites me, I can forgive the dog. But I don't have stupid written across my forehead. And I'm not going to go and go trust, I'm never going to trust that dog quite the same as I trusted the dog because the dog has broken my trust. You know, my mother used to say, trust is, is easy to have, hard to get and easy to lose. She says, you lie to me, and I'm never going to believe you like I once did. I'll forgive you, but I'm never going to quite, I'm in the back of my mind, I'm going to think, is he lying again? Is he lying again to me? Folks, we forgive, but we're, listen, the facts of life is if you got dog that bites you, if you got somebody that hurts you, it's going to change your behavior towards them in some degree. You're going to want to forgive them. You're going to want to forget it. But brother, once I get bit viciously by a dog and he comes up and draws blood on me and he hurts me and he attacks me and I, and and, then, okay, later on, I'm sorry, that dog, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But, but nevertheless, when that dog comes to me from that point, I'm going to, I'm going to keep my fingers in. You know, they tell you when you go pet a new dog, keep your fingers in. I'm keeping my fingers in, you know. I'm going to carry my taser. That's what he was saying here. He says, listen, if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. He tells the Philippian Christians, beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of those who cut down, those of the concision. There can be no love and peace in a group of people that are biting each other. Can't be. No progress can be made for Christ. You know, have you ever heard the old saying, don't bite the hand that feeds you? Hey, man, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Don't do it. You men ought to be sweet to your women. They're feeding you. Hey, man, they're feeding you. Don't bite your, don't bite your wife. You wives... Don't bite the old boy. Don't bite him. You may growl at him a little bit, but don't bite him. You ever been around dog and I go, you know, they're telling you something. Oh, don't mess with me or I'm going to bite you. I think of Nadine. Churches that have uh, biting dogs are in trouble. Churches that have biting dogs have dissension. Churches that have biting dogs are critical. Churches that have biting dogs eventually get neutralized. Uh, don't you be a biting dog like Paul, like Paul warned about in Philippians 3.2. Don't turn on the ones who feed you and love you. Don't betray the sacred trust that we have as brothers one with another. Don't make, by the grace of God, make a vow 
to be a friend of your friends. We have an enemy. He's called the devil. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's the dog of dogs. He's the biter of biters. He's the attacker of attackers. He's the, he's, the cut, he's the one who cuts down more than anything else. He goes before the very throne of God unabashedly and cuts us down and accuses us. Don't, whatever happens, aid him and abet him in his work. Don't be part of that. Don't do it, no matter what happens. Come before God. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loveth at all times. A brother is born for adversity. A friend loveth at all times. You may disagree with someone. That's no problem. We do disagree, but don't bite them. You can disagree without biting people. You can have a difference of opinion with someone. Don't bite them. You can have different viewpoint on things, but don't bite them. Understand? We agree to disagree sometimes, amen? But we don't have to be hateful. We don't have to be mean. We don't have to bite each other just because we have disagreements on things. You can't be a deacon at Gospel Baptist if you don't know how to be disagreed with. Because we disagree. I'd like to tell you every meeting, a deacon meeting is all lovely and love is flown out the door. But it's not. I, early on in this church, we had deacons meetings. I, uh, uh, Ernie Stewart one time got mad and slammed himself on the desk and ran out, walked out the door. We had, uh, we had people, almost every one of the deacons, one time or another, got mad and left the meeting. Shut the thing down. I mean, we only had three of us. I mean, four of us. There wasn't many of us. But I thought every everyone, me, no, never. <laughs> yes, I did. Sure, I did. One meeting I had that they just could they just couldn't see the wonderful, fabulous wisdom I had. And uh, I had my whole list and put them through my list of reasons why we were supposed to do this and why it was good to do this. And they looked at me like, no, we're not going to do that. And I said, well, okay. And so I, you know, stormed out of the thing. But I didn't bite him. These are my friends. These are my fellow brothers. I, I thought they were... I'm trying to think of the right word here. I thought they were a lot of things. I, I didn't think they were very smart. I didn't think they had much intelligence. I didn't, think had, I didn't think they had much vision. I didn't think all that stuff. But I'm going to tell you what, I didn't bite them. I don't think you ought to be burning any bridges with people. Why? Because Christ died for every one of you. Christ died for every one of you. We should have, uh, we can have a disagreement. We can, we can look at things differently. We can go down the road. I mean, think about it this way, folks. Are you a member of the United States of America? Are you a citizen of the United States of America? Are you happy with your president? I can tell you straight up and down, I'm not real happy with who's president, but I'm not going to quit being a citizen of the United States of America because we got this guy in office right now. I voted against him, but he's in office, and I'm sticking with the United States of America till death that was part. And how much more could we be loyal to the church of Jesus Christ who stands for the Bible and believes in the Bible as the very word of God when things don't go quite the way we want them to go? We just say, well, I'm not for that. I don't necessarily like that, but we're going to part of it. We're part of it. We're going to stick with it. In Revelation chapter 22 verse 15 it says, for without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Dogs all through the Bible are something we don't want to be part of. 
We don't want to be that dog that people come to at one time. He's wagging his tail, licking your hand. I don't particularly like him to lick my hand, but nevertheless, wagging their tail. And the next time, bite you. Man, that's no good. That's double-minded man. Double-minded man is unstable in all these ways. God help us to see this. It's a simple verse. But you know what? It'll save you a bunch of grief in life if you just obey it. Don't be a dog that bites. Father, help us tonight. Give us wisdom from above to understand the Bible, to understand the words of God. We pray, Father, that you would... uh, Help us to, uh, that we'd love one another with all of our hearts and, and, and be uh, the kind of people that, that can agree to disagree on some things. But yet, by the grace of God and for the cause of what's going on and for what God's doing, and I don't even agree with my wife a lot of stuff. I'm not going to divorce her. Father, we pray that the Spirit of God would help us. If we've hurt somebody, help us go back to them and ask them to forgive us. If we've said vicious, biting, harmful things that were uncalled, they're, they're totally wrong. I mean, we shouldn't do it. And Father, help us to go back and bring that to our mind. Bring that to our attention. Help us to go back and get right about it. As much as we can, get right about it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. Everybody that lives about us Says tear that lighthouse down The big ships don't sail this way anymore There's no use in it standing ground Then my mind goes back to that stormy Just in time I saw the light Yes, the light